Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Welcome to church. Uh, We're going to do things a little different today. And uh, um, I've uh, invited and asked some of our um, team to come and and be a part of today. We are in this series called How Faith Moves, and uh, we've been unpacking over the the last couple weeks and in the middle of this series of of what is the impact of faith, how does faith impact our life, What what does it cause, what does it make happen in and around us and through us. And so uh, I've asked our, our team to, to join us today as we wanna make you aware of some serve team opportunities. And so this is how faith moves here at Faith Assembly. And uh, we've laid out that faith is this, to have confident trust in God. To have a confident trust in God is what faith is. And by faith, uh, we hold on to this handle that he is God and he is good. How many believe that in all things, he is God and he is good? We, we, that doesn't change. We don't change that no matter what happens in our lives. We hold on to that. And uh, as a result, that when we have that handle, we hold on to that he is God and he is good. There is an act of faith that is carried out. And so we're gonna talk today about uh, just the, the impact of, of faith being in our lane, the role that we play. And uh, so I've asked uh, some of the team to join us and to, to help make this happen today. And so uh, we're gonna go just from uh, my left here, go around and let them introduce themselves, uh, who you are, what, your, what ministries you help lead here at Faith Assembly, and uh, just let us know who you are. You're okay. up. Okay, so my name's Nate, and... I'm over the media ministry. Come on, somebody give it up for Nate. Nate. What all's, what all's covered under media and production? So that consists of? Uh, we preach the gospel. Hey, I love it. <laughs> no, so That's that a great consists answer. of, uh, you know, camera operators, which we have here today, and um, audio, video for events, um, uh, pro presenter, lyrics. runner, you know, the lyrics on the screen, the lights. So everything. I like to say we're kind of like a, a window to the gospel or like a magnifying glass. So whatever's happening here, we, um, we just make sure there's no distractions so you can clearly see. Um, just, yeah, just bring them to oh, the gospel. That was good. Yep. A window to the gospel or a magnifying. Come on. That was good. Come on. Just get, you got to wreck it. That was good. A window to the gospel or a magnifying glass. So grateful for our media team. Next. I am Lindsay McKinney, the director of all the kids' ministry. Give that it up for Miss Lou, our children's pastor. Or, or Miss Lou. Or, or Miss Lou. Lou. Yeah, so I, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Over the top guy. I appreciate it. But Brownie I, points. I get the privilege to uh, oversee and uh, be able to staff all of the um, uh, services that we hold for kids. We have everything from zero all the way to 12 years old happening here. So just creating a space for those kids to be able to uh, just encounter the love of Jesus and love on them. So it's good. Yeah. yeah. Next. Good morning, Faith. My name is Michael McKinney. I get the honor, first and foremost, to be Lindsay's husband. It's a joy to work alongside her. And my role is the next generation pastor. And as that, I oversee and support Lindsay, as well as helping our youth and young adults discover 
purpose in Jesus, and then is along that as well also lead our safety ministry, which is parking and security to make sure everything flows effectively and well on a Sunday. Give it up for Pastor Mike. Yeah. On to my right. My name is Lenana Matchnik, and I um, am blessed to lead the hospitality team, and that consists of... <laughs> you didn't even wait for me. I, was like, I didn't even get too long. So I was like, like, <laughs> like, waiting for that moment to like say, "Give it up." Okay, so rewind. Here we go. Give it up for Miss Lanana. <laughs> Taking my—that's like oh, all I've got goodness. to offer. You took it from me. No. <laughs> now I forget what I was going to say. Anyways, uh, the. Greeters, that is at the hospitality team. Um, they stand at the three different entrances of the church, just welcoming uh, people that come through, our guests that come through with a friendly smile and just a warm welcome. And then the other part of the team is the ushers who stand on the inside of the sanctuary in three different points. And they just welcome the people that come in the sanctuary and help Get you seated when we, when we run out of seats sometimes. So thank God for them. The hospitality team, we call them the Eaton Park of Faith Assembly. Yeah. Smiles. <laughs> Never mind, it didn't work. <laughs> Next. My name is Michonne Price. Give it up for Michonne. <laughs> he knows I really love Give it up for Michonne. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing that. <laughs> no, please yeah. don't. Because <laughs> I don't like attention. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but anyway, I have the privilege of leading the worship team, uh, which consists of singers and musicians, and then also us leading the congregation in worship, where it's not us performing up here, but we're in this together where we are all of us are lifting up the name of Jesus and That's making right. his Amen. name That's known. Right. So Amen. what we do on this stage is not about lifting ourselves up or look how good we are. No, we are all in this together. We are lifting up Jesus. That's Amen. what it's all about. Amen. Make a joyful noise. And lastly, give it up for our lead pastor. Come on. I was going to say, uh, make a joyful noise. And if it's just noise, you won't get a microphone. But you can still be a part of worship. That's right. That, yes. I didn't want, sorry, I said that. And they didn't respond. They're uh, like, what? No, no, nobody responded that. Uh, do you realize that it takes over 70 people on a Sunday for Faith Assembly to be in motion? For Faith Assembly to happen, over 70 people involved from our parking team, security, to uh, our uh, worship team, kids ministry, hospitality, media, uh, even transportation, uh, it, it takes a team of people in order for this to, to happen, and nothing just ever happens. We get to be a part of what God is doing, um, and all of this is connected to this purpose of reaching people to reach their purpose in Jesus Christ. It's the heartbeat of, of why we do what we do, and so I, I want to take a moment and just talk about the importance of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, number one, that is the main thing of we go after is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But we can't detach serving from following Jesus. Um, serving is so intricate in, in being a follower of Jesus Christ. How has your life been impacted, uh, your spiritual life, your, your walk with Jesus? How has your walk with Jesus been impacted because of serving? Somebody want to talk to that? 
I, uh, rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> it, it's helped me discover the gift that God has already placed inside of me. I've been reading, and even through Mark, we see Jesus come along, and he says to Andrew and Simon, they're fishermen, he says, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. He takes what they're already gifted at, what they already do, and applies a kingdom principle to it. It says, that's your gift. Now let me make you effective at it. Yeah. So it's helped me discover, God, what have you placed inside of me to be effective, not just for myself, but for the kingdom? Yeah. So you, you grow in that effectiveness by connecting what God has put inside of you to do unto God and uh, connect that to uh, uh, honoring God with the gifts that he's given you. Uh, yeah. how, else, uh, how else have you grown in your walk with Jesus because of serving? I um, just want to say something about what Mike just said about what's inside of you bringing that out, but it's also what fulfilling to see what you could help bring out in others, their value and the gifting inside of them. That is very fulfilling. Yeah, what a, what a concept to rejoice in what God is doing in other people yeah. and not just in what we, what we do in ourselves. I think the, the, the place that we can get caught up in it is oftentimes making not just church, but all of life, that we become consumer uh, consumers that we carry a consumer mentality of I've got to go get something, and um, but this the kingdom of God is not a consumer uh, uh, structure. Uh, this is a partnership with Holy Spirit with one another, and so really it's where we come to give and not just get. We ought to receive, but it's where we come to give. And um, how can we give if we're not in a place of serving? You can't you can't operate in giving if if serving is not a part of part of your life. Anyone else? How has uh, serving impacted your walk with Jesus? How have you become a more devoted follower of Jesus Christ by serving? I think for, for me, really learning how to work well with other people and honestly giving up part of that control uh, that I think, what? Sorry, I thought, yeah, I'm like, oh. I was afraid this was going to turn into a marital thing in a moment. But. <clears throat> giving up, uh, I don't know, just, just part of that control, really allowing Holy Spirit, have your way through me. Not, not my way, Holy Spirit, have, have your way. So just that opportunity to uh, let, that, let that flow in ministry, whatever that looks like, yeah. um, to be used by God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I chuckle at that because that whole concept um, of being used by God, yeah. who really likes to be used? Right. <laughs> But yet we say to God, here I am, use me. Yep, use me. And um, in order to do that, that comes to a place of being able to let go of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you make a good point that when we work together, we learn how to submit ourselves one to another. And in yeah. fact, that's what Scripture says to do, that, that Paul tells us that we're to submit ourselves one to another uh, as, uh, as unto the Lord, in the fear of the Lord. And yeah. so you can't submit to one another if you're not in a working relationship yeah. or a serving relationship with one another and uh, being able at times to let go of that control. Yeah. Man, that's not always easy to do because mm-hmm. we like our way, the way it ought to be done, yeah. the way it should. And if it's not serving my need or serving how I, we, we lose sight of that. that right. uh, it's not always about us and our needs. It's about Jesus and his glory that's right. and he'll meet, he'll meet the needs. That's good. Yeah. Uh, anyone else, what, uh, what, what has uh, serving, how has serving impacted your uh, Walk with Jesus as a disciple. Okay. They took your so, answer. Oh. <laughs> um, for me, it's like a daily 
like sacrificial act of worship. Um, so it's it's been like a, you know, not just serving here at the church, but you know, serving uh, Jesus in general is like a. It's very sacrificial, um, and that's how I, you know, part of the part of the way I look at it. It's a very offer sacrificial your, act of worship. We, we said last week, offer your bodies. We said it, but it's actually because Paul said it. <laughs> Paul said, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. This is your pleasing act of worship, a reasonable act of worship that uh, God deserves that. He's worthy of it. So we talked about uh, 10 and 6 last week. Um, so we're followers of Jesus Christ. You can't detach serving from following Jesus. You, you, there's not a category for, well, I'm the follower that doesn't serve. Well, no, that's, there's not a category for that. There is serving is, is the heart of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus, of course, said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my, my life as a ransom uh, for souls, for people to be saved. Um, but we say 10 and 6. We, we just kind of um, we started using this language that at Faith Assembly, faith moves on 10 and 6. So uh, who's going to give us a recourse and uh, a review of what is 10 and 6, just for folks that maybe weren't here to hear it? Lenana, you're up. Okay. <laughs> it, just, it was one of those, like, just put somebody on the put spot. Put me on the spot. Uh, the 10%, of course, would be uh, your tithe that we know that according to the word to give to God. And the, the six is an accumulation of a year, within a year of the days that you would serve here in a serve team, come to a point group, um, the things that you would do here at the church, it's in an accumulation. It adds up to six days altogether for the whole year if you would do these things. Yeah, we asked the question, what would it look like? What are we saying when we say to be a part of the life of faith assembly, to be a part of the family of, of faith here, or as the cool kids say, the faith fam, um, uh, the, uh, what's it look like? And so, as you said, it's to be a part of service on a regular basis, to, to serve at least once a month, at least once a month. What would that, what's, what's that look like? To be a part of a point group, growing in relationship, and then um, uh, also we even added Wednesdays in there. We, we said even Wednesday nights, bringing the family for uh, kids ministry, uh, faith youth, and being a part of that, what does that look like? And we added it all up, and it came out to about six days, uh, six 24-hour days. And so those six 24-hour days spread over, over a year. Um, we say, let's give God 10 and 6, that faith moves on 10 and 6. It's the 10% that already belongs to God, and it's the six, uh, the days of, of what, we, what we offer and give to him. And I think back to your control statement, because you're not a control freak, um, uh, but you brought up control. There's something about giving God 10%. We, we like to give what stirs our heart, but if we don't give the 10% to God, we have no right to say where that 10% goes. Because it's only in, and, and here's, I think what to set that up is what significant, the significance there is in a church, not just here, but in, in the, the body of Christ as a whole, when within the local church, people give just out of, out of natural sacrificial habit to give 10% to the church. The reason we gave $4,000 to Ukraine last week 
was not because anyone gave a special offering, but because we already have it in our habit to tithe and to give. And because people were faithful in their regular giving, it allowed us to give 4,000. Now that number goes up whenever we're tithing. And so the point is, we don't just have to give. Yeah, I think there are times to give out of a need. Your heart is stirred. There's a moment for that. But there's also just the, I don't wait to give when my heart is stirred. I give because that's just what I do as a follower of Jesus Christ. And by doing that, that takes away the control. I mean, if, if, we, if we get into those habits, it's a, well, I'm going to give whenever it stirs, or I think the need is worthy of it. And what a dangerous place that, that comes when, when, it, when, it's, when I determine it's worth giving to. Then I'm going to give. Or No, that 10%, is, it already belongs to God. You can't dictate that. That's control. <laughs> and worship is to let that go and say, no, God, this belongs to you. And uh, it allows us to be positioned to give. And then, of course, giving the, the six days over a year, um, giving, giving in repetition, or not in repetition, but in, in just faithfulness of our lives, it adds up to six years. I think we shared in one of the services last week, uh, a student being a part of a football team, we calculated it, and it was 27 days. For them to be a part of a a high school winning football team, they gave 27, 24-hour days of their year to be a part of that team. We said, that's good, but Jesus deserves. And we're not saying, well, don't do that. Give it to Jesus. We're saying, no, that's good, but make sure you give first. And that's the the 10 and the 6. What were you going to say? Or did you forget now? Or you weren't going to say anything? No, you you said six years and it was six days. Oh, you were correcting me. But I did But I did it. Aren't you thankful God gives us? I'm kidding. (laughs) I appreciate that. Uh, Because I think in the first service, I said five and ten. I was like going back to the candy store. (laughs) And then I had to say to him, wait, you don't know what that is. Because anybody else know the five and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in that category. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Anyway, where did you learn ten and six? So we say ten and six, uh, giving to God ten percent. Where was this, where was this um, fostered for you? Where did this begin? How did this catch in your heart being a part of what we call 10 and 6? 10% giving God, 10% of our finances, and six days being a part of serving. Where did that start? For me, um, I grew up in the church, so uh, my mom and dad instilled in me at an early age when I was a child, whenever I received money, allowance, or whatever it may be, you make sure you give your time. What about the birthday card? Everything. Yeah, I don't care what, what it was. What Whatever money came into my hands, they made sure that I gave my tithe. And then over the years, it just becomes, like you said, a routine. But you still, you know that the heart behind it, that you're honoring God. But it just, I don't have to think about it anymore. It's just something that I do. I get paid. First thing I do, I give my 10% because that belongs to him. I'm just giving back to him what, you know, is already his. And so they, my mom and dad instilled that inside of me. So I just encourage you parents, make sure you're instilling that in them while they're young. So when they do get older, they don't have to think about that. They're, you know, um, they'll just give with a cheerful heart and it'll just be part of just who they are. And then as far as serving, um, uh, I used to sing in the, the church, and there was a lady who used to play the piano, and, and she got a little bit older where she couldn't see anymore, so I had to step in the role of, of playing mm-hmm. the piano, and even though I hated to play, that was what I needed to do. Yeah. I, there was a, a need there, and so I was like, okay, I'll just 
serve, and I was a teenager at that time. So, but I'm glad I did it because <laughs> look where I am now. That's right. Amen. <laughs> we are. We're glad too. Yeah. Um, something you said, Michonne, of uh, it became habit. You didn't have to think about it when you gave. You didn't have to think about it. I heard someone say one time, when you when you deal with facts, you don't have to swim in emotion. When, when, you, when you hold on to facts, you don't have to swim in emotion. And sometimes we become emotional in our giving. Um, but the fact is it already belongs to God. And so if we know the fact that it already belongs to God, then we don't have to struggle with the emotion of, do I really give that? Can I afford to? Well, no, because you have to because it belongs to God. And to not would be stealing. That's why Malachi says, you've robbed me, you've, you've taken. And so when we deal with the facts, well, the facts are it belongs to God. And the facts are, I belong to him and uh, the work that, that, he, that he gave. Uh, also, the importance of, uh, man, parents are modeling that for their kids. Um, I mean, just even thinking of church being an option. How many know if, if kids grow up in a culture or in a surrounding of where it's like, well, we, we go to church and we do based on how we feel and how the schedule goes and how the day goes. Well, we've just now detached another generation from making that a priority. There was no option. There's, there you was, grew up. For, for me, my, my family, there was no option of going to church or not. You went are, to church. Are our dads related? I think, I think so. I think we, I can see the resemblance. I, think so. I yeah, know, I, think we, I know. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, dad's, dad's comment, I remember one time I said, Dad, I'm sick, I can't go to church. He said, well, if you're sick, then church is where you need to be. Get healed. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, um, where did you, where else? Where, where did you learn? How did this become instilled? What did God use for the, the 10 and 6 practice of, of giving to God what belongs to him. How did that become instilled in your, in your life? For me, it was very similar to Michonne growing up in the church. For us and even dad, it was whenever you got paid, this belongs to God. It was even at a young age of, okay, you got $20, two of it goes back to God. Even to the point I remember being in kids' church and going to church, and you guys would ask the question, do you have anything to give? And it was like, no, okay, here, I'm going to give you this just to give it. Because you don't go to church just to receive something. We always go to God in what we're giving, hmm, providing. So even when that's we didn't good. have anything to give, it was, good. here, you're going to go and give something. How often do we go to worship empty-handed? All right, who wants to talk next? I'm not. <laughs> I'm That'll preach that, right there. That'll, that'll right? preach. Right? Yeah. We, we come with a, oh, I need a word. I need a... And, and there's nothing wrong with getting a, receiving a word. I need a, I need a touch. I need a healing. I need... But man, what if we come not with my hands are, Lord, here I am, give me something. The consumer mentality yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Man, what, what that would break in our culture if we would shift from a, that consumer mentality of if it fits my schedule, if it fits my, my preferences, if it fits where I am. Yeah. Yeah. Because the reality is, is you have something to give. You do. God has already equipped and given you Philippians, I believe it is, tells us that God has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. That's right. He's placed it inside of you. That's right. And even in Ephesians, we read that Paul writes to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond you could ask, think, or imagine through his power at work within you. Yeah, yeah. It's already in you, and serving and giving becomes the avenue that God pulls out of us what he's placed inside of us. Amen. Amen. I, uh, I know we, we could, probably a lot of us talk about it was this discipline or this connection to giving and serving may have been at a young age, um, but 
it may have been started in the uh, young age, but we also have to recognize it was cultivated in our years after. There, there were other moments that, that it, was, it was imparted in us and planted at a young age, but it became cultivated because over and over again, we had to make decisions. And uh, Nate, you told a story about a decision you had to make just in your teenage years that really set the course of, of prioritizing beyond that. that. That, I think, was a cultivating moment that, yeah, for you. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so in, in youth group, um, I was kind of, uh, so I attended. I wasn't really involved that well, but um, until my youth pastor said, like, hey, we need musicians on this stage. Like, we want to, you know, get a worship team started. And I felt a little tug. Um, but at the time, I was just so heavily involved in the sports. Um, and, like, I would miss, you know, a bunch of youth events and um, throughout the week, you know, practice every day. <clears throat> and, you know, I said, I'm, you know, I, I think I'll be good at, like, guitar or, like, bass. So I picked up bass, um, but the schedule is, like, all, we're always conflicting um, with everything. And I had to make a conscious effort, like, or a choice, um, you know, what means more to me. Do I see a future in sports? Um, can I do both? At the time, I couldn't do both because that's where I was serving. Um, and my choice was, you know what? I don't know if I'll be a professional like, player. <laughs> you know, odds what are stacked against been. me. I'm, you know, you could I'm not going to say my height, but I'm a little short. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, so the choice for me was, like, I'm going to choose to serve and attend and be a junior youth leader. And I don't know if I'd be where I am if I didn't make that choice. Yeah. But since then, um, that paved the way to making multiple choices and, like, always choosing to put God priority um, so it started with that, but it's a daily choice now. And because of that big choice I made, now those choices are easier and easier to it's always put bottom priority. Yeah, it becomes yeah. easier because it's your lifestyle. You set yeah. that as that's what you do. But that moment, and I, I think it's important to recognize, it wasn't about, well, are sports bad? No, sports aren't bad. But in that moment, in that season, what has priority and what what? What will you allow to be priority in your life? And you made a decision. I love how you said that, that it set the course for other decisions that you made, uh, that we're not just made in one decision. We're made in, in ongoing decisions and things that, that uh, set the, the course for our lives. So we learned 10 and 6, um, and I think that was a moment of worship. Um, we learned 10 and 6 because someone displays it. You probably learn it because you watch somebody but then you cultivate it because you fixed your eyes on the one who's worthy of it all. And there are moments it's cultivated in our lives, and I think for you, Nate, and we all can, in a different setting, but can relate to the fact there was a moment when in worship and just an encounter in the presence of God, I determined at my altar, wherever that was, I determined, God, you're worth it all. You, you deserve it all. And, and in that moment of decision, it was cultivated. That became the heartbeat of, I'm gonna give God 10 and what we call 10 and six, but that, that everything I have belongs to God and um, uh, that serving 10 days or uh, six days, um, uh, giving God our finances 10% as a starting point and giving God six days, being a part of church on a regular basis and serving uh, once a month on a serve team. Um, so it gets cultivated. We can't detach serving from following Jesus, and that's cultivated in worship. I want you to talk about um, how does the ministry that you lead 
uh, and how you're involved in ministry, how does that connect to the big picture of reaching people to reach their purpose? Because I think it's important that we don't have, uh, we, we have different entities here, but we don't have many ministries. We have one ministry, and one ministry is to honor Jesus Christ and to reach lost people. Yeah. That, that's the ministry. We don't, have, we don't have a men's ministry, women's ministry, kids' ministry, faith, a youth ministry, or, or uh, you know, these ministries, the worship ministry. No, we have a ministry team or ministry teams with one purpose to honor Jesus and to reach lost people. Help make a connection between the teams that you're a part of and help lead to how that reaches people to reach their purpose. Batteries died. Had to take hers. Um, I'll start since one of the teams we're a part of here is our parking and safety team, which starts as soon as you drive into the parking lot. Thanks. <laughs> We had the same idea. <laughs> Somebody take that. Let's also just confession time. This is this is this is the guy in the staff meeting. Yeah. I can't sit still. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Always we're talking about parking team. There's a yeah. reason why we tell them to go play in the traffic. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey, no one's that ran was... me over yet. <laughs> that was not even right. It was wrong. Okay. Forgive me. All right, you're talking you're, about the parking team. How does that connect? Yeah, so it starts in the it starts in the parking lot. People's first impression of faith assembly isn't when you walk through the door, it's when you drive onto the property. Mm-hmm. And right. how many of y'all know the car can be a hot place for debate and discussion with yourself and others on the road, <laughs> wherever you may be? That hey, you can get frustrated driving around a parking lot. Especially when you can maybe park down there if you have kids or if you come early enough, you can catch up here or over there. And if you can come in late, you're probably going to get stuck down there. We have a unique but, setting that you can park. There's, there's not just multiple places to park, but it really depends on what your, what your need is. So yeah. if, if you need direct access uh, with a, a ramp, that's over here. If it's just general access, it's there. If you're going to the cafe, that's down there. If you got kids, yep. go to that building. <laughs> if you, so it's, it's, and so you need that, that ability to have people to help direct. Yes. But what does that do as we, far as reaching people? We want to be here so that way as soon as someone pulls on the property, we can know we were waiting for you, we are here for you, and we want you to have the that's best good. experience possible so that way you're ready for what God has for you in this place. We're waiting for you. Yeah. We're waiting for you. There, there's something about that whenever we were anticipating you. I, um, whenever you, you set the stage, and I don't know if you've ever had that moment. I remember one time uh, going to visit uh, some, uh, some friends, and uh, um, this is probably the, the, the sign of it. I get there, and uh, as soon as we get into the room, uh, they already had an ice-cold Diet Coke for me. I mean, they're literally like... You know what that's, I mean, obviously we're friends, we're in a relationship, but it sets the course of, I was anticipating, and we have, we, we were looking forward to. And when we set an atmosphere from the parking lot, we're, we want you to raise a level of anticipation. Um, what is faith without the anticipation? Yeah. If we're not anticipating anything, we don't have faith. To have faith means to anticipate. And so we, we need to anticipate what God is doing, and sometimes we need to help other people anticipate. How does the ministry you lead connect to reaching people to reach their yeah. purpose? Yeah, similar, honestly, within kids' ministry. We have a place for them. 
We're anticipating them being here. We have a place for them. Let's be honest. If all the kids were in this service, it would be a little more distracting. It might might, uh, interfere a little bit or whatnot. But we have a place set aside for them, prepared uh, with a lesson. It's more than just eliminating distractions in this room. It's being at a place that it can communicate and relate to them. On on, their level. On their level. Yeah, on their level, yeah. Reaching, because you even say within your team, reaching kids to reach their purpose. Yeah. We're reaching people to reach their purpose. Every age and every stage. That's right, every age and every stage. Every age and every stage, Um, yeah. Because kids aren't too young. Right. Tell a story about um, uh, just watching God work in the lives of kids that Mm -hmm. gives an evident sign of, the, these kids are not too young that God is moving in their heart. Gosh, just one. We don't have time for this. No, you Man, just have to pick one. One, one that sticks out um, was a kid who evidently heard, heard um, a call of God on his life. And even to this day, remembering just this moment that God gave him a vision uh, of him standing before a crowd of people uh, preaching the gospel and this happened maybe three years ago so now. So how old was, how old was the, the child at that time? Maybe seven. And now, what, nine, ten years old mm-hmm. to this day? Just came back up in conversation just this past week, just reminding him even just of that call that God has on his life. Um, him remembering that, not forgetting that, man, God, God has called him at seven years old. Yeah, so, seven years old. Um, for going on 11 years now, Jody and I have had the privilege of pastoring this church. In fact, it's 11 years now. Hmm. Um, and what you just said right there, that's what excites me. Yeah. Um, reaching the ne- next generation to... Proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. You say, well, what about the current generation? Well, the generation was ever on the earth at the time. But if we're reaching the generation behind, then we should have been effective reaching the generation in the middle. Yep. But if we focus on the generation in the middle, we might forget or miss the generation in the back. But if we focus on the generation in the back, it ought to flow through one generation to the other. Yep. There is no generational gap. Mm-hmm. There, is no, there is no gap of the gospel. It is impactful. It is us looking at reaching people at every stage, at every age, yeah. whatever that is. Um, but man, hearing that a seven-year-old has a call of God to preach the gospel, and now we, through our serve teams, get to nurture that child, that yeah. excites me more than building a building. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. That excites me more than building a building. Mm-hmm. That we get to touch, we, we get to have a, a, a life touch, touch points. Hey, Greeters, when you, you're, we're, we're setting the stage that that seven-year-old is now being brought up in the home of a parent who brings them to church, but because now there's greeters that create a place of, of, of welcome, of environment, of encouragement. There's a place of, of loving on one another. There's point group leaders who help each other grow in their walk with Jesus Christ. Guess what's happening? We're creating a community that's pouring into a family while they're pouring into their child, and we're raising up a generation to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but that pumps me up. That's exciting that we get to have an impact on lives coming to know Jesus Christ. This is why we do what we do. I, I um, um, we're, we're, We want to encourage our church, hey, 10 and 6, what would it look like if everyone who calls Faith Assembly their part of their, their home, their place, 
What would it look like if we gave 10% in six days? What would that look like? What, what would that be? And why is because it's connected to reaching people to reach their purpose. I want to close in Matthew chapter 25. Jesus gives this parable. And this parable is a teaching to set up a, a point that he's making. He gives the parable of, uh, we know it as the parable of the talents or the, the three servants. Notice three servants. He says to the first servant, the story is that, that the master was about to go away and he entrusted to his servants um, his money, his resources. Now, we all know that in the story, the master who is about to go away represents who? This is your Sunday school moment. Jesus. You know, if you're asked a question in Sunday school, if you say Jesus, you might get it right. I mean, it's like a good shot. Uh, Jesus is telling the story, he being the master, that he was going away and he's preparing them. I'm going to go away, but I'm also going to come back. And he says that while he was gone, he entrusted and he gave. What, what, what Pastor Mike mentioned, that he's already given us those resources. He put those tools. He gave five to one, one servant, two to another, uh, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the other person. Notice what you don't hear in the story. Why didn't I get five? Why did he get, why did he get five and only, I only got two? Because he doesn't distribute equally but effectively. We, we live in a culture where we want it to be, effect, be equal. You know, everybody gets a shot. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a... No, it's not about equality. It's about effectiveness. It is equality in that everyone matters. It's level at the cross, the foot of the, 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 foot of the cross. But the equality is not in the gifts that we have. It's in focusing on the effectiveness. Because whatever God gave you, there's no such thing as small. Because they come back and the man with five says, look, I've turned your five into ten. The man with two says, I've doubled this. You have more. The man with one said, I knew you were an angry, harsh person, so I put it in the ground. Jesus says to the man with five, he says, because you were faithful with small... I'll make you ruler of more. He says to the man with two, because you were faithful with small, notice the man with five and the man with two had the same distinction from Jesus. You were faithful with small. We tend to look at people and like, oh, they're five talent people because they got platform, they got microphone, they got, they're five talent. No, Jesus says it's all small. It's all small because it's not, the, it's not what you have. It's what you do with what I've given you. And I'm not looking to distribute equally. I'm looking to use what you've got so we can be effective. It's the effectiveness of the kingdom going forward. And so it might be whatever small is. Here's the reality. Whatever God has given you, it's small. You're significant. But let's all be honest. We're small because it's not about us. It's about the kingdom of God. He says it, it's small. The resources that you, have, that you have, they're small. And also we notice too that there's only two types of servants mentioned. There are three servants, but only two categories. There wasn't the, the um, more successful servant and then the, the average servant. No, there was the faithful servant and the lazy servant. There's only two categories. That, because how many know the king is coming back? And he's looking to see what we've done with his resources. He's looking to see with what the talents and the gifts that he's given us. And here's what it matters. It doesn't matter because he's not going to come back and say, what did you do with the resources? Well, we built a building. We started a food pantry. We started ministries. We got, we got, we have five worship teams. One's traditional, just hymns. The other is hip hop. And the other is, he, he's not going to ask 
the effectiveness is not gonna be in the quantification of what we've done, five, two, or whatever. It's gonna be, did lost people come to know Jesus Christ? Was your life about lost people coming to know Jesus Christ? Is what we do about lost people coming to know Jesus Christ? Jesus um, was, went into Jerusalem with his parents when he was 12 years old, and um, on their way out of Jerusalem, a couple days later, they realized Mary and Joseph lost Jesus. If you've ever thought you've been bad at parenting, just remember Mary and Joseph lost the Savior of the world. So uh, there's hope. <laughs> yeah, you got this. Um, but Jesus, when they found him, he's in the temple and he's, he's speaking with the, the teachers. And what does Jesus say? When you couldn't find me, didn't you know I would be about my father's business? Can I just draw a parallel sometimes? We get into places and, man, Michonne, why would you sing that song? I don't know if that was my favorite song. I don't know if, you know, you're doing, I, I don't know about your song choice, blah, blah, blah. That, by the way, that's never been a question. But I don't need to waste my time wondering what the reason is you picked the song because I just need to attach to, are we about the Father's business? Because if we're about the Father's business, everything else, everything else, is just, it, it's nothing. It's about being about the Father's business. And so I, I want to ask us as a church, are we being about the Father's business? When we handle our tithes, when we, how does faith move? Well, faith moves in a place of honoring God, complete trust in God, but saying to God, God, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. Um, if you've been part of our church, you know that we're, by God's grace, looking to build an, another building, have another piece of property. I'm on conversations, just on a phone call this week, just, just another one of those checks, check-in of somebody who's got property in the area saying, hey, what's, what's moving, what's stirring, what's happening? I'm, I'm praying about that, but that doesn't have my attention. I've not ever lost sleep over a building. I've never lost sleep over the finances of this church. But I've lost sleep over lost souls who don't know Jesus Christ. I've lost sleep because I don't know her name, but she's walking on Mount Vernon Avenue carrying probably all of her possessions. Hardly clothes that fit her. Walking with everything in her hand on a Saturday morning. And in my opinion, Mind, she's walking from one house to another just looking for a place to sleep. And some man will let her stay just so he can have his way. And my heart breaks because I don't know her name, but I know Jesus loves her. And I know he's called more for her than to just live on the street from one place to another. I don't know her name, but I lose sleep over lost people who don't know Jesus Christ. I don't lose sleep over, well, did we have a good enough church service? Did people show up? Did we have a full house? Was there attendance? No. The things I talk to my wife about are, are people growing in Jesus? Are we getting more than just people coming in the door? Because if all we get are people coming in the door and we don't have disciples, I'll go do something else because it's all about people knowing Jesus Christ. The effectiveness is people coming to know Jesus Christ. I've never lost sleep over a building. I've never lost sleep over finances, but I still to this day will lose sleep over lost people who don't know Jesus Christ. And church, we've got the answer. That's why we're going to Point Marion. That's why we're going to Brownsville. That's why we're in Belt Vernon with the home. It's lost people need to know Jesus. And you might say, I don't like the style you did, Jason. I don't like how you're leading this. I don't like how you're leading that. And by all means, 
heart. Are we about our father's business? Because when it's all said and done, I'm not going after accolade. I'm going after the kingdom. He seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. I've got the kingdom in my heart. I don't know about you, but I know this team that our heartbeat, oh God, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So here we are with our small, our 10 and our six, everything we've got. It is for your kingdom. Yeah. Is there anybody who has the kingdom heart inside of you that says, God, I'm, I'm, I want to be a part of your business. That's why he's made you the position you have. That's why you are where you are. Don't forget. My son called me yesterday and uh, I love father-son talks with an adult kid now. Because I done shot that arrow. I can't put it back in the sling. It's, it's been shot. Having conversations about just, you know, life opportunities. You know, 23 years old trying to make it in Los Angeles, California. Trusting God. And the Lord has provided. He's watching God do things and he's looking to get into an industry and, and all that God has called him to do. The conversation goes to Son, don't forget what God called you to. Don't get distracted in the midst of everything else that you do because that's God's hand on it. What did God call you to do? He said, God called me to be a pastor's friend. Somebody like, wait, that's not in vocational training, Where to be a pastor's friend. My son has a call of God on his life to be a pastor's friend. He said, Dad, I don't feel called to be in ministry like you are, but I feel called to be a pastor's friend and to make a lot of money. I said, in that case, you can be a pastor's friend and a pastor's son. I don't, that's not wrong. That's not wrong. Why? Because God wants resources in the kingdom. But you know what I had to remind him of? Hey, someone you get distracted and trying to figure out where the doors open, remind yourself, what's the call of God? What did God call you to? What did God call you to? Because you can get so distracted. Yeah, but I got to make this contact. I got to have this open door. I got to put my time in here. All of that's good. Do what you got to do. That's, that's situational things. But what's the heart? What's the call of God? To be a pastor's friend. My son knows that because he grew up in the church. And uh, I'm telling you what, he's watched some pastor's friends come around this pastor. And he knows that that's a heart of God that he wants to come and support. He wants to be an Aaron to a Moses and come alongside. And I just remind him, I said, son, remember the arrow. Remember the target. Keep your eye on the target. Here's why. Because if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else will fall into place. And your success will not be because of what you've done. Your success will be because of what you've helped set in motion. Your success won't be because you have a dollar value because even if you do have a dollar value, it's because God already knew he could trust you with it and you would let it flow right back into serving the purposes that God has. God knows you can be entrusted. He's put it in your heart. I would say to God, God, help us to be about your business. Amen? Football wasn't the problem. There's nothing wrong with football. But God just brought you to a moment of what's the call? What am I calling you to? All that stuff will surround when you put the heartbeat, God, I'm running after you. Would you stand with me? And, um, man, team, can we just, I just want to, let's just stretch our hands towards this family. And 
Would you just, if, if you don't mind, just lift your hands to God in this moment. Father, I thank you for the anointing that rests on each person in this room. Father, you've given good gifts to your church. You've given good gifts. Every person that is in this room, God, you have given. Lord, I don't know if it's a five talent, a two, or a one. I don't know because, God, we're not looking at what's in our hand. We're looking at what you deserve and what belongs to you. So, God, today we give you all that we have. Lord, I pray that you would raise up servant leaders in this house, God, that would impact this community, this county, workplaces. God, that we would see your kingdom come in, in, in many areas and in avenues of our, of our communities. Be glorified. We pray in Jesus' name. If you agree with that today, if you believe he's worthy of everything we've got, would you say amen? Amen. 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 I know today was a, a little different. I hope you got to hear the heart of this team. Because God's got things in store for us and we get to be a part of what God is doing. I want to encourage you, if you're not a part of a serve team, you can see the QR code on the screen or even in the back. They're around the place. Man, we want to encourage you, let's get connected together. Be a part of what God is doing. That we can see lost souls come to know Jesus Christ. Let's be on 10 and 6. Amen? We love you. We appreciate you. We look forward to growing together. See you next week as we continue to discover how faith works.